Hello and welcome to another James Bond podcast. On this podcast, we will be watching and lightheartedly reviewing the Bond films. We're going to discuss the good stuff, the bad stuff, the cool stuff, and the ridiculous stuff. I'm Corey, and I'm a James Bond fan. And I'm Danielle, and I'm aware that James Bond is a thing. Are you going or am I going? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to an additional episode of another James Bond podcast. It doesn't work. A new episode. I know. We had a little technical difficulty, so we decided to jump overboard and take a look at 1954's Casino Royale. That was from 1954? Yeah. I have down that it was in 1826. That's basically the same. Anything earlier than 61 is basically the 1890s. It just seems very, <laughs> very old. Yeah, 1954. That wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't. I was five at the time. <laughs> you weren't. Six. How old's your dad? My, dad? my father was born in 1945, so there you go. My dad is 61, yeah, 62. So, yeah. I'm not doing the math. Yeah, he wasn't born yet. No. I think. If my math is right. Feel free to email us if it's wrong. <laughs> Your dad. So, Casino Royale, original version, made for TV movie? Is that correct? Yeah, it was uh, It was like a live broadcast. So, it was all shot live and broadcasted out on, on the airwaves. So, you confused me when you told me it was live because... You were like, yeah, they, they were just acting it and it was filmed. And I'm like, isn't that how everything is filmed? But I didn't understand that it was like a one-shot deal. Like they were filming a play, essentially. Yeah, basically, like SNL. Yeah. Live For... from Casino Royale, it's Saturday night. Alec Baldwin shows up as Donald Trump. Yeah. So it opens up. I missed it. It opens up outside the Casino Royale. Okay. I, I think I missed like the first 30 seconds to a minute of it. Yeah, so... I was busy um, eating popcorn and looking in the bowl for the like <laughs> especially buttery kernels. Mm. So Bond or Jimmy Bond or... Okay, Jimmy Bond. Yeah. That well, was James, kind of... obviously you can't be an American and be named James, so they have to change it to Jimmy. Our neighbor is James. He lives you like are... two houses down. He doesn't go by Jimmy. We're Canadians though. Good point. We're a little more sophisticated. Uh, not cutting that. <laughs> yeah, I think our Canadian tuxedos prove it. Well, is it just the double denim? Is that what justifies the Canadian tuxedo? I believe double denim is a Canadian tuxedo. Okay. Because I'm surprised it's not really a plaid thing either. I think that's just your Saturday night outfit. <laughs> well, I'm okay with the term Canadian tuxedo, but uh, I remember watching Top Gear and Jeremy Clarkson was like, well, I've gone and done it. And they're like, what? He's like done double, double denim <laughs> i was like double denim is sounds so much better than canadian tuxedo so anyways i mean it's the only thing we're known for so we might as well embrace it poutine, that and poutine, having a national reserve of maple syrup poutine maple syrup and double denim or canadian tuxedo beaver tails yeah i suppose yeah. yeah so yeah bond gets out of a car and um he's shot at immediately okay which he handles pretty well He's pretty calm. He's pretty cool about it. How do you think he would handle it? Um, would peeing your pants be involved? Yeah, I don't know. I've never been shot at, so I have no idea. 
Okay. That's fair. I feel like initially I would probably be shocked and then probably go into a fit of rage and like chase the person down or something. I don't know. Really? Who knows? He handles it pretty well, though, because uh, <laughs> initially he goes into the casino like, oh, you you the fellow they shot at? He's like, oh, no, I'm the fellow they missed. <laughs> it's like, Yeah, he says, are bad. you the fellow they shot? And he says, no, I'm the fellow they missed. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his humor. His humor right off the bat was really good, actually. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was good. Okay. Whatever. So he's talking with a gentleman that we find out is named... Clarence. Clarence Leiter. Clarence Leiter. Which I believe is Felix's... Or 1954's answer to Felix Leiter. Yeah, basically it's the switch. Uh, Clarence is working for the British Secret Service and Jimmy Bond, I... uh, Did they say he's working for CIA? I never actually caught if they said he worked for CIA or not. Anyways... He's the American counterpart this time. They did a little switch. And apparently Felix is only an American name, so they named him Clarence. I have friends who have named their children Felix, but I've never met a Felix over the age of like, I guess now maybe like eight. I find it weird when younger people are named Esther. I met an Esther once and I was like, that doesn't make sense for another 30 years. You think it's too soon? Well, it just sounds like an old person's name. Yeah. But that's what happens, especially right now. Old names are coming back. Maybe they shouldn't. Um, yeah, I like Felix. Uh, I like Felix more than Clarence, I think. That's also what we're used to. Also, when I hear Felix, it makes me think of cats. Yeah, true. So that's good. Okay, so Bond is talking to this gentleman who turns out to be Mr. Lighter. And so they're going to talk about Jimmy's mission. Yeah. But under the ruse of sitting at a table and explaining Baccarat to him. We need to talk about Baccarat a little bit. Okay. Baccarat? Baccarat? Baccarat. Baccarat? Bert Baccarat? What? Which one is it? <laughs> I really don't remember. It's like, yeah, it's Baccarat. Baccarat? Yeah, that's actually probably what it's supposed to be. Um, so we listened to <laughs> Trayvon. <laughs> like the most glorious five minutes of podcasting ever. <laughs> It was so good. <laughs> their interpretation or their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Explanation? No. Yeah, because... Um, the review of the Casino oh, yeah, okay. Royale chapter that they covered. It was really good. It was really funny. I can't get Banco Sweevy. <laughs> what is it? Banco Sweevy out of my head? Yeah. Did they listen to this? Uh, I think so. I can't get Banco Sweevy out of my head. <laughs> and I know... It's not Swivy. I know it's Swivy, like it next. Now. But now all I can hear is Banco Swivy. Yeah. Knowing full well that that's not what they're saying. And of course, the way they say it in the podcast, too. No, you just Banco Now You Swivy. You're just like, <laughs> it's not how it works, but it definitely works in their episode. It did work. Um, it was funny. I've pretty much listened to almost every Trey Bond, uh, and it's, it is my favorite James Bond podcast. I'll just come out and say it. That is probably one of the best five minutes of their podcast I've ever heard, and it's all in one episode. Mm. It was pretty funny, pretty original, and I'm really jealous that we didn't think of something like that. (laughs) No. We actually just did a plain and simple review. I spend a lot of my time being jealous of their creativity, actually. Mm, That's fair. (laughs) It's pretty good. So we get a whole breakdown on the game of Baccarat. Which all I got gleaned from that was Banco and... Swivy. I don't know. I felt it was like a 21, like hit me with a, like, I don't really get how it's different, but I also know it's not the same. I think if we knew... What's that game where you have to hit 21? 
And you keep saying hit me. Blackjack? Blackjack, yeah. I Well, that's the thing. I think it's just the value of the cards, right? Oh, maybe. Um, because nine, I think, seemed to be the highest hand I think was dealt at any point. And there's there's face cards down. So I don't... And I, we, we neither one of us gamble. So we have no idea what the face card value is there. But it seems like the face cards are low. I always thought they were high. I think maybe in this one they're low. All I know is that I want that giant spatula that they use to remove the cards. That looks like fun. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You can like flip your eggs from 10 feet away. <laughs> yeah, that could work. I always kind of like the roulette stick that they bring all the chips in and stuff with. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm supposed to have those. Like, you guys must be big gamblers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Would you like to play cards? I am. Fuck no. <laughs> very adept at go fish. <laughs> Actually, I forget how to. I'm not sure how to play either. I think you ask for a card, and if you don't have it, you say go fish. You used to I play asshole a lot, though. We did also, but it was called truchu. Fuck you? No. <laughs> it means asshole. Okay. <laughs> wow, you can you can connect the two. You well, can get there on your own. Well, I know there's a... If you're playing the clean version of it, it's like... it. It's called like secretary or something, or... Never played that. It's all the same positions, just the person at the lower end and it's not the it's asshole always a woman. you're like well sexist <laughs> on your part to think that only women could be secretaries i'm basing myself on what the reality of bond is showing us yeah but that card game has nothing to do with bond i know we're talking about it in the bond, pod, bond podcast we're just gonna but, cut out this whole part yeah it's fine we'll leave it so we hear about bond's real mission there which is to rent to win all of Le Chiffre's money. Yeah, so Le Chiffre has borrowed a bunch of money from uh, the Russians. And yeah, basically Bond has to clean him out so the Russians will kill him. Did he refer to him as Schiffer at one point? Or did I miss Something along those lines. Like that I, was his actual name? Yeah, I think. Because wasn't Le Chiffre like something they used to call him, I think they said? Yeah, he said it means cipher, and maybe that's an yeah, alternative right. meaning, because shift just means number. Well, I mean, if you're pronouncing his name correctly, Le Chiffre, right, or then nobody actually pronounces it correctly. I don't. Um, so, cipher, Le Chiffre, Le Chiffre, Chiffre, like it's just, it's gets said different ways by whoever's saying the word so i mean it's not like it matters i don't think maybe the proper pronunciation of his name might matter but nobody seems to say it so i don't it's think. still okay what well it just doesn't I, again unless it's an alternative meaning shift is the french word for number it's not cipher well it kind of makes sense i guess unless it's like the cipher like the code breaking bit but that's not what that word i'm gonna look it up maybe it's an alternative meaning it isn't an alternative meaning. Anyway, we can move on. Okay. Banco Suivi. Banco Suivi. Um, he's told that Le Chiffre is the toad-like looking creature, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which actually was the perfect description for him. He would squat like a toad. Yeah, he's a pretty short dude. Mm -hmm. And then when you have his three henchmen there, he's especially short. Yeah. And Mallory, who was actually named Valerie... <laughs> was way taller than who's like the leading woman in this film or this made for tv movie was uh quite a bit taller than him yeah quite a bit why'd you say mallory 
Well, when she uh, introduced herself, I thought she said Mallory. Oh, okay. Her name was Mallory. So I wrote down Mallory Mathis. And okay. then as the movie was going on, I'm like, oh, are they saying Valerie? The audio wasn't the greatest either. No, no, no. Um, and then I clued in that it was probably Valerie. So at one point, she's referred to as Valmel. Valmel. Because I wasn't sure which one was right. But it okay. is Valerie. What did you think of Valerie Mathis? It's like a weird kind of hybrid between Vesper and Mathis. Yeah. Um, I don't, don't super have thoughts. I mean, this was more of a love story again than we usually see in Bond. Um, they referred to Mallory, or Valerie as the person he'd been in love with like years ago, but yeah. then she's questioning his love at one point. But it, there's a little bit more of a love story component to it. Um, but she's also, a spoiler for later, but she's also actually working as a secret agent as well. I feel like it was more of a love story on her side because he didn't really seem to be all that smitten with her. He's just kind of like, eh. Like, um, I think when he thought she was with the toad-like creature, he was super annoyed at her. But when she became in danger, he like panicked and ran back to his yeah, hotel. Yeah, that's true. So. As well as actually, yeah, he was pretty, yeah. pretty into saving her. So she comes over and talks to Jimmy Bond, <laughs> yeah. and um, essentially introduces, well, reintroduces herself, and he accompanies her back to her hotel room. Meanwhile, Felix is, or Clarence is probably thinking Bond's got it going on. Beautiful lady comes up out of nowhere and then says, hey, let's go back to your hotel room. She has a pretty brazen line in the elevator. Um, Bond tells her, I'll see you to your room. And she said, I'd much rather see you to yours. Yeah. Which was pretty, I think for the 1800s, that was pretty forward. (laughs) I think even for the 1900s and 50s, that was probably still a little forward. Mm -hmm. More than likely. They go to Bond's hotel room. It's basically like a, a condensed version of Casino Royale, the movie as we know it. Yeah. Like so there's some differences, but it's movie like... Movie in the book, yeah. Yeah, it's very condensed. It goes by much more quickly. I actually really enjoyed the fact that it was just an hour long. I think all <laughs> movies should be an hour long. I have a petition going if anyone's interested in signing it. No one's You can write us at anotherjamesbondpodcast at gmail.com. Where the petition will be stricken from the record. Because <laughs> you'd have to like... Do you even know the password to our email account? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I've logged in a few times waiting <laughs> to hear back from Matt Barry, which hasn't happened yet. <laughs> God damn it. So they're in Bond's hotel room. He cranks up the music because he knows his room is bugged. <laughs> which they mentioned the bugs and everything before, but he went in and cranked up the music. I didn't even notice. I was just like, wow, why don't they turn the music down so they can talk? <laughs> and then when he turned it down, I was like, oh, right, because of, of the bugs. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I totally, like, I think I was eating popcorn at that point. Yeah, we had a lot of popcorn. Actually, no, we were done popcorn when the movie started. We had so many technical difficulties that we yeah. finished the popcorn before the film started. I might have been cleaning off butter. Who knows? So, basically, he tells Valerie that... He knows the room is bugged. She's working for Le Chiff, and he wants Le Chiff to hear what he thinks he, he's yeah. going to hear. Yeah. So Mallory didn't know that the room was bugged. Who? Valerie didn't know <laughs> that the room was bugged. So she asks the questions that she's supposed to ask and then is supposed to act surprised when Schiffer heard everything. Yeah. And she played her part well, according to Le Chiff. Um Too well. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, they're acting, they were good acting as themselves. They were bad acting as if they didn't know the bug was there, which I think was <laughs> yeah, on purpose. That's, that's but... true, yeah. Oh, yeah. He says, he walks her to the elevator. She says, Le Chiffre will kill you. Turns out she's actually named Valerie. <laughs> this is where I found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he ditches her off and he's like, sixth floor, I guess, for the lady. Oh, yeah. And that's like, so much disdain in that word. Pretty pissed off, yeah. Yeah. Why do I forget lipstick? Oh, that's kiss because kept, when lady. that's when um, Valerie went back to Le Chiff, Um He says, you played your part too well, judging by that lipstick smudge. Right, 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 right. Which makes it sound like Jimmy Bond was wearing lipstick, but <laughs> I guess hers wasn't perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this weird sort of dynamic where you want them to do something, but then once they do it, then you get all pissed at them, like your kept lady is might be enjoying herself for once. That's not acceptable. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> See Thunderball with Domino. So we're at the night of the game where Bond... So Jimmy Bond's cover is like he's a professional gambler. Yeah. Who's actually a secret agent. Exactly. Come here. I know, I'm trying to pick you up, you dumbass. <laughs> So we're at the yeah. night of the game, um, everybody's getting ready. <laughs> Bond calls the police to, to protect them. Yeah, I didn't really get what that was Which about. was kind of interesting because the police officer looked like a bit of a goon. And he was right behind Bond the whole time. I'd be like, geez, dude, step off a little bit here. You're breathing down my neck. You're harsh in my vibe. Is that what people say? I've never heard anyone say no? that. It's harsh in your something, I think. I don't remember. You can write us at another James Bond podcast. <laughs> what do people actually say in that situation? You're, what, why do you have to front? I don't know. Anyways. I don't think that's what that means. I think fronting is pretending you're something. Right. So as the game commences or starts to commence, um, which I did actually like the game, there was something that I did notice between the two Casino Royale films is that at no point... Did the card games ever get boring? Like, even when you're watching the new one, there's a lot more cards in the new one. I literally have this card game is so boring in my notes. Really? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that bad? It was bad. We'll have to rewatch the new Casino Royale and see what you think. I mean, there's some stuff that happens, and we'll get to that, but uh, I don't like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Lighter is on the phone with the paper because they're waiting to run a story about Le Chiffre. Yeah. While he's on the phone, some person comes to him and sticks a gun to his back and basically tells him, because he has Bond's money, the money Bond's going to be gambling with. So he tells him to give him all of his money, because if Bond doesn't have any money, there's more of a chance that Le Chiffre can win back everything he lost. Yeah, Bond can't play, basically. So I like how Leiter got himself out of that situation. That was actually really smart. Yeah. A casino employee walks by. And then he pulls the money out and says, here, give this to the cashier. Mr. Bond will pick it up later. And then the guy's gone with the money and the goon can't really do anything anymore. Yeah. I mean, he could have still killed him, but that would have caused a whole scene. Well, exactly. And he still wouldn't have had the money. It would have been great if he just kind of like sadly walked away with his head down and be like, damn it. Was that sad music? Oh, Rest of Development? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The Charlie 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 Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a really smart move. That was pretty cool. So as the game commences, Bond, uh, or just as before the game commences, Bond gets a phone call. From uh, a friend. From a friend. I don't think it was actually one of his friends. Probably not. 
basically telling Bond if he wins. Are you confused as to what her name is now? Valerie Vesper Mathis Lind will die. Valerie Mallory Vesper Mathis Lind. Oh, yeah, right. Um, so they, so Bond just, I guess he's a little bit torn. You can see it there. Like he wants someone to be watching for, Val, watching Valerie the whole time. So yeah. she doesn't. And he does t- put Felix on it. But say, hey, somebody threatened her. Make sure you don't let her out of your sight. He puts who on it? Clarence. Felix Clarence Lighter Flighter. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard. To... <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. This is going to be great editing. So for act two. Yeah. They sit down and play cards. Cards are so boring. Cards are so boring. Let's play paintball. <laughs> That's what I had. I just had act two. Bankrupt movie. <laughs> <laughs> so they're betting pretty big. Like four million. Four million hands. It's Frank's. Yeah. So I don't think it's worth as much. And they talk about the amount. So it's not actually like a like million American bucks. dollars. No. No, I think it's tens of thousands. Yeah. But it's not like the million. Oh, look, I Ooh. watching Baccarat is as boring as sin. This is so boring. See, I did find it very <laughs> Jeez, boring. It wasn't that bad. I think he, I'm like a little curious about gambling anyway, so maybe that's why it's entertaining for me. So Bond is losing his shirt. Yeah. But he just keeps doing the same thing over and over. That's why it's boring. You're just doing the same thing. You're sitting there and I doing the same mistake over and over. Have you ever played blackjack or seen it played? I tried and I just screamed, hit me every time. And they were like, you already have 21. And I was like, hit and me. Like, and you're like, I like to live dangerously. No, I don't play cards. <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't think there's a whole lot of strategy involved in that. In 21? In Blackjack or Baccarat. It didn't seem to be. Like, just you're playing to see who gets the higher hand, right? I'm assuming cow- like card counting is a thing. Because Blackjack, I think they count cards. You're not like supposed smart- to. No, but smart yeah. people do. I, yeah. They not being me, because after you flipped three cards, I would no longer recall anything that's been played. Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise and Rain Man next week <laughs> so yeah they're, they're betting four million and then four million and then eight million and then bond is basically out of money he is out of money and he looks so sad yeah he looks pretty pissed he didn't look pissed he just looked sad <laughs> cue the sad music again <laughs> exactly and then he gets an envelope i assume from felix clarence and uh we don't know who yeah he true. gets an envelope with 35 million francs to keep him in the game and after losing 18 hands in a row, he goes all in. Well, yeah. All in. It just seems like I'm not I'm not a risk taker. If it was me, I would have been like, ooh, 35 million, thank you. And I just would have left with my money. I did like when they, uh, I like when he gets the money out and then the casino staff comes over like, oh, that's a lot of money. I have to count it. I can just imagine if I was that casino staff. It'd be like, we're going to take an hour and a half break. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... The worst at counting money. It's terrible. I think it stresses me out. <laughs> Actually, I know it stresses me out. So Bond wins this last hand where like both Le Chiffre and Bond are all in essentially. And then one of Le Chiffre's goons leans in and whispers, you lost. As if he didn't notice. I feel like that's the worst possible thing you could do in that moment. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed. Like, I'm and especially already... where he's kind of the boss. Like, why did and he and he keeps knives on him? Why didn't you stab him in the throat? They just don't. I am aware that I lost. Yeah. Don't come and whisper that in my ear. So Bond wins. Valerie Mallory Mathis Lind is Vesper is gone, and uh, Bond takes off to hide his check. 
Well, somebody has a gun to his back right there, right? Oh, yeah, right. And then he kind of flips him over and runs off. Which is really, like, I really like how Clarence got out of that phone call, just hands the money over, and then Bond gets a cane rifle to his back, and what does he do? His big move is falling over. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, while it worked, and I guess would work, because if you fell, people would be like, oh, shit, what happened? Are you okay? So I I guess it works, but on film, it just (laughs) looked really lame, like... He just, like, kind of toppled over left. <laughs> well, all of the fighting was a little more of a, like, I'd refer to it more as a kerfuffle than a fight. Yeah, I suppose. And that was true for all of it. Mm, that's fair. So, Bond goes back to his hotel room. Everyone's desperately looking for Valerie at this point. That's true. Bond has to keep the check safe, so he takes off and hides it. Behind the number plate on his door. And just as he goes over to the number plate on the door, which is a great place to hide a check, by the way, um... Did you notice the stage light? Yeah. It's like really dark. It missed him. Yeah, yeah. It's really dark. He's screwing the light. He has the uh, screwdriver and he's taking the number plate off. And then the stage light swings like probably like four feet to cover him. Like the guy missed his cue basically. Yeah. It's pretty great. So the chief catches up with Bond in his hotel room. Well, first Valerie comes in and he's all relieved. And three seconds later, the chef is there as well. Yeah. Are they traveling together, do you think, at that point? They must have. Valerie Mallory, Best Berlin Mathis. I think he had he, I think he had Valerie at that point. Yeah, okay. So we cut to act three. Bond is unconscious on the floor. Yeah. And they rough him up a little bit. And Le Chiff is Le Chiff is actually getting kind of mad because he's like, just rough him up a little. Don't hit him so hard. Because <laughs> yeah. he wants him conscious, because he wants to know where the check is. And a little bit of the dialogue in that scene from what Le Chiff has said um, is straight from the book. There's a few lines and sentences that are actually right out of the book, which is like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The whole, like, we're serious people and we don't really care about your health kind of thing. It's like that's all lifted directly out of the book. But what isn't lifted directly out of the book is his method of torture. It did not involve rope or a chair with no seat. Or a carpet beater. Or anyone's nether regions. Yeah, nobody gave his balls a tug. (laughs) I mean, maybe Valmel later on, but... <laughs> so, the pliers? Was he just pulling out his toenails? I'm assuming. Yeah. Or like it. cutting off pieces of... Or pulling off pieces of his toes? I feel like they just pulled his toenails out. I think so, too. Which, any ultra marathoner has had that happen naturally in their shoe while they were running, and they weren't as dramatic as he was in that bathtub. Yeah, I thought, like... Like, I hate, 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 hate finger and toenail stuff. Like, I hate it but i thought he was pretty messed up from having his nails pulled off he does say he doesn't like pain at one point he before the torture starts he says like i don't like pain i'm not interested in being a hero and then he proved that he really could not <laughs> big time although like valerie went... did worse like as soon as they pulled off one nail she was spilling the beans of him <laughs> yeah, being, yeah. she saw him with a screwdriver she's probably like his beautiful toes don't do that <laughs> Although watching uh, George Clooney have his nails pulled off in Syriana was like, well, I think they pulled them all, though. One thing that was interesting in this film is like stuff like that they didn't show on camera, right? Like that was off camera. You really didn't see much. You had to assume they were pulling off his toenails. Yeah, they should have just had like a nail in the plier and then blood spurting. Well, even later on, someone gets shot and there's barely any blood. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, the torture didn't seem very torturous. Yeah, it's not like it was his balls. 
I'm kind of glad it wasn't. I'm assuming that was like not. I was actually surprised that the Daniel Craig film showed that. I was like, oh, they're showing something like that on a movie, like in a movie. That's. No. I know it's not rated G, but still, it's pretty mainstream. Like teenagers well, watch that. They're just. I mean, the difference between the book and the film is that in the in the book, there's gonna be lacerations, right? Like his nuts would be all cut up, and in the film, it's just basically bashed in, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, um, just that to say, I'm not surprised that they didn't show that on TV. Well, you know, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. In the sure. 50s. Yeah. I just thought you meant in comparison to the film. But I guess so, even for the film, though, that's pretty, it's like something you almost see in a Tarantino film, I think. Yeah. Not a Bond film. Yeah, but, I was surprised that they showed that. You know. But not in this one, just some. Yeah, we see the pliers and then I wrote, does something off camera with them that's allegedly painful. <laughs> Fair. So. Le Chiffre finds the check. Yeah, and so he leaves his cigarette case on... Oh, that's what happened. Because he carries knives? Yeah, the, ra- the, the razor blade. Yeah, uh, that the just, cigarette case. It just dawned on me now. So let's make ourselves sound smart here. Le Chiffre leaves his cigarette case where he carries a razor blade, which was mentioned in Act 1. Yeah. And... Valmel gets a hold of it and passes it on to Bond. Well, sort of. Well, she drops it in the tub. Which, I don't understand why she had such a hard time putting it where his hands are. She can squat down. Yeah. Her dress was too tight. <laughs> it's like, I'm assuming. I don't see, like, wow, good job. You dropped that right out of his reach. Have you ever tried to squat down with a really tight dress? It doesn't work very well. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, so Bond would take out the razor blade and, and cut his ropes so he can get free. And then I think he screams, hey? Oh, no. <laughs> he asks for water. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the goons, Basil, walks in. And when he walks in, Bond screams, hey, and then beats him up and gets his gun. Yeah. And then shoots him. And Yeah, and Le Chiffre comes in and he shoots Le Chiffre kind of in the shoulder area. Yeah, shoulder slash heart. Upper... It was like... Or left ventricle or something. I don't I'm pretty know. sure my heart's not there. Mine is. My heart might not be here. I think it was like up. It was pretty sort of shoulder adjacent. <laughs> shoulder adjacent. South of shoulder, north of heart, shoulder adjacent. Yeah. Okay. Um, Valerie drags him out of the hotel room or out of the bathroom and into the sort of living room area yeah. and he's like on a chair pointing a gun at the shift but like semi-conscious apparently when you lose two toenails you drift in and out of consciousness i mean again ultra marathoners all the time <laughs> and i know it's not the same like friction losing them versus no. having them pulled out but well, here's the thing with that though was that your discarded toenail bouncing around in your sock while you're running that would suck too I'm assuming they stopped to take it out Oh, whatever. Well, it's interesting though. Like his, um, the outcome of his torture is basically the way. The outcome of his torture is is closer to the outcome that would happen in the book, or closer to the outcome that would happen in the film. Like he can barely keep it together. He can barely stand up. He can. He's barely conscious. He had his toenails pulled out. But yeah. He would just be really fucking angry. The (laughs) amount of torture, like, it's going to hurt, like, I've no doubt, but I don't feel like that's enough to 
render you semi-comatose. Unless he's one of those people like his pain tolerance is so low, which he said he doesn't like pain. Like if he's if it's so low that he passes out, but you're like maybe at the sight of blood. How lame is this character? He's a secret agent who passes out at the first sight of blood. It's got to be an occupational hazard for sure. <laughs> Where's my fainting couch? Yeah. Imagine how many times Daniel Craig would have to pass out. <laughs> James Bond swooned. <laughs> they like put the tracker in him in Casino Royale. He'd be out just right then and there. Like in the first one. Like, yeah, wouldn't work out. Anyways, Bond barely manages to shoot Le Chiffre. <laughs> Basically. Well, at that point, he's just has the gun on him, right? Yeah. And Le Chiffre is still alive. And then he tells Val to call the police. Yeah. Do they actually refer to her as Val at any point or as Valerie? I think it's Valerie. It's Valerie, yeah. So he tells Valerie to call the police and credits. Yeah. The story is quote unquote by Ian Fleming. It should say dot 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 sorta. Well, that's true for any Bond film. It's not like it's not true to the book. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like this is especially not true to the book. Why? Because it really like it's all over the place. It's compressed. It's uh in the cart. Well, I I shouldn't say I, I don't remember what the card game was in the book. I, I don't know. In the film, it was it was poker, but maybe they switched it for the book. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. I think it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. I don't remember the last time I watched something from 1954. Uh, I like the dialogue. The jokes were actually. Maybe it was Snow White. When did Snow White come out? 55. You don't know. I do. Really? It's, yeah. So I liked the dialogue. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, like when there was jokes, there wasn't too many, but I really enjoyed the back and forth between him and Clarence at the at the table when he's like, "Oh, come tell me, uh, come teach me how to play uh, background," which Bond should have been like Banco Sweetie, and then he would have had it. But 1938. That's close. Anything before 1954 is basically the 1800s. <laughs> you said it yourself. So anytime I decide to pick, although technically I would be wrong because I said. 55. So if I said 53, I'd basically be right. This isn't The Price is Right. Yeah, what did you think? See, that was uh, that was okay? Yeah, I mean, I love the length of it. There's so little story you can tell in an hour. That was a whole story. Yeah, but it, like, cut out so much stuff. So? Not everything <laughs> needs to be said. <laughs> I think they glossed over a few things. Aren't you excited for my wedding vows? I marry you. <laughs> and then three hours later when you finish yours. I'd, be like, I'd be like, I marry you if you keep it short. <laughs> well, it's good because it means I don't have to get creative. I was born in 1978. That's no, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. What year were you born? 77. Is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's 78. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was kind of neat. I I cannot remember the last thing I watched from this era. If you had to remake Made for TV Casino Royale in an hour, who would you cast as Jimmy Bond? Is he an American? What? I mean, you can cast whoever you want. He can be, just for fun, a British person playing an American playing a British character. Okay. Is it in 1954? I no, don't, no, it's uh, now. Okay. It's now we're remaking Casino Royale made-for-TV movie. You're casting Bond. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. What what year does it take place? Now or back in 1954? Now. Okay. 
Um, hmm. I didn't have an answer to that. I was hoping you would come up with someone good. If it was an American mm -hmm. and we're doing that version of Casino Royale. We are. It's Jimmy Bond. And if it's a one-off, John Hamm. Because I don't think John Hamm can play, like, I don't think he could play James Bond. Like, because obviously he's an American. He just doesn't, he's not, I don't think he's that kind of actor. But I think of, um, yeah, because it, it didn't have to be action-packed. It just was a, more of a dramatic role. Um, I like John We Hamm's. know he can wear his pants that high because Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, he can act. He can do the humor. Um, the little bit of scrapping that was required of for the role. Yeah, I'd say John Hamm. Okay. Maybe John Hamm could do Felix. Yeah, that's my pick. I think you have to find somebody that's like old timey, because he was because of Mad Men. Like he can kind of do that sort of role. And just trying to think of like a Vesper, Valerie, Mathis type character. I don't know. I feel like I don't watch enough TV or movies to like. Who is um, um? I'm trying to think of that. Oh, I'd pick Haley Atwell. Don't know who that is. She's British actress. Uh, she was in uh, Captain America. She was sort of his love interest. Because remember when he was in the 1940s? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't mean to be an ass <laughs> no, about it. No, no, I know I saw the movie, but the question, do you remember after yeah, the yeah. movie for me? Unless yeah. I took notes. <laughs> um, and start writing no. notes for every film you watch from now on. No. Yeah, so in Captain America, Chris Evans, uh, when he was... And when it was in the forties during World War II, uh, he had a love interest that was a that was a British spy, and yeah, yeah, she has that kind of classy. Well, she can have that sort of classy, vintagey type character sort of thing going. Okay. So, yeah, it's just my little casting thought. I know you didn't ask <laughs> who, who Valerie Mathis. Well, her it's face. A, a normal extension of the question I did ask. Yeah, I've got no one. We might have to get better at that stuff if mm. we're going to carry on with the podcast. Why? So we'll eventually have to like cover new subjects. That's fine. You can do that part of things and I will just make mean comments about your decisions. <laughs> I'll do fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want to add about uh, 1954's made-for-TV movie Casino Royale? Um, I believe it was made by Hallmark. I mean, it might have had that quality to it occasionally. <laughs> No, I think that um, that just about covers it for me. Okay. Um, we'll have to watch the spoof of Casino Royale for an offshoot next time. Okay, sounds good. Next time we have technical difficulties. Well, I have to find a copy of it, too. So join us next week for... License to Kill. I didn't even have to find it. Join us next week for License to Kill. In theory, assuming we don't have any... Assuming we don't have any more technical difficulties. We might be reviewing the game of Goldeneye. <laughs> if we do, we will review uh, Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. We got a copy of that here. Yep. Okay, I'm all done. Yep. Bye. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate, like, and subscribe. If you're looking for a little bit more content, you can find us on Instagram at Another James Bond Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, which we would love to hear from you, you can contact us at anotherjbpod at gmail.com.